This is the 38th out of 54 portions that we're approaching now. It's called Korach. Can you say that? Korach. It obviously means Korach, but Korach also means bald, in case you wanted to know. Um, this particular, we don't know if Korach was a bald guy or not. <laughs> if, he, if he was, unfortunately he didn't have the good standing as those of us that are politically uh, challenged in our midst. Korah is an interesting character overall, but um, overall this portion marks the halfway point in the book of Numbers. And it's important to understand that this is the final portion in which we read anything about the generation that was first brought out of Egypt, the first generation. In the next segments of the book of Numbers and in Deuteronomy, they'll be addressing the next generation. The generation that was in the wilderness. And that's kind of an important message to see in the bigger picture of this Torah portion. This Torah portion is three portions, three chapters long. So I hope you've read it. If you haven't, please do. It will take you about 25, 30 minutes. It's good stuff. It's sad stuff. It's important stuff. Overall, um, we can look at what Korah was doing throughout the book of Numbers, because in the last portion, we read something very interesting where it says, let us appoint us a chieftain or a leader and we'll return to Egypt. And maybe Korah is, many of the rabbis point, maybe Korah is the leader that they appoint and decide to go with. And I think more importantly though, is each of us at some time in their life faces some kind of conflict. And this is most of this conflict moment. I know he's had a few. I know there's been the need for water and the need for quail and all the different other things that we've learned that Moses, the challenges that Moses has faced. But overall, how did Moses react to the conflict? And it's a question that I think God wants to ask all of us. How do you react to conflict? Do you grind your teeth and think, ah? Or do you tend to see, no, God is in control and God has a plan. And that's what Moses choose to see. And from a couple portions back, we read this about Moses. Moses was one of the meekest men. And I thought that was interesting because we tend to think of the meek as weak. But meek has the actual idea of power under control. Moses chose not to, in a sense, get into things with Korah, maybe the way Korah wanted him to. And each of us will face conflict, but do we see that the Lord is still in control? Now, many of us may say, yeah, I do, I can see the Lord's in control, but when conflict comes, it's not as easy to remember that. Because conflict, there's emotions, there's things that happen. We don't like conflict. We either avoid it, or maybe we get just as ready to fight that. Maybe that's not what we're supposed to do. And so it's important to discern what is God's plan in the midst of our conflicts. To see what does God want. And Moses sees that God is sovereign over everything, and he addresses Korah that way. God will show who he has chosen. He doesn't get into, 
Well, you know, the tribe of Levi was to be this way, and the tribe of Aaron. He doesn't sit there and argue with Korah and come down to his level. He just says, God's going to straighten things out. And that's a lot of times how we need to see conflict. We need to be ready to be prayerful. We need to see the bigger things in it. And in this particular situation, it's a conflict with authority. And authority is not a word that people like because most of the people assume authority is bad. Most authorities don't walk in God's ways. And maybe there's some truth to that, but there's some important other truths to see that God gives men authority for a reason. And how we incline, how we look to that authority shows where our heart is in God's authority. If you read the Haftor portion from 1 Samuel 12 and part of chapter 11, part of the point of the whole point is you haven't rejected my authority, Samuel tells the people, you've rejected God's authority. And when men choose not to engage or to accept the authority of men, they're also saying on some level, God, we reject your authority. And so it's important to see God's bigger plan in that. Now, moving into the rest of the portion, there's some things about what's called in chapter 17, verse 3, a zikaron. Can you say that? Zikaron. Zikaron is something that is done as a memorial. A memorial. And memorials are important because they teach us something, they help us to remember. And specifically, the two lessons of chapter 17 are designed to be zikaron. The, ultimately, the plate that's to go over, that's made of the censers of those who had died that's to go over the altar of sacrifice. And then later the staff, which was to remain with the ark. And that's the portion I'll be chanting from today. And then in chapter 18, we have some conclusion. God establishes what will be the boundaries for what Aaron gets in his household. These are the different sacrifices that they're going to be partakers of. And then on top of that, he also says... These are the things they're to do when they serve. And then it also in chapter 18, if you go further down in chapter 20, verse, uh, I believe it's about verse 20, you see where these are the things that Levi's to get. And this is to be their portion forever. And God has special things for each tribe. But most importantly, their biggest thing, and this is something that reminds me of the New Testament too, is that we, in two, also get something wonderful. We get our Master's joy when we are faithful and do what God wants us to do, like the parable in Matthew 25 teaches us, the parable of the talents. Because the Master said, Well done, good and faithful servant. You've been in charge of things that have been a few, and now you'll be in charge of many. Enter into your master's joy. And in many ways, that's the plan for Levi and Aharon in their houses. They're also to be in charge of many things. And obviously, God knows what they were to be in charge of more. And even Korah and his sons became writers of psalms. As we see later on, they were, they were not totally left off. But they still had a place in the, God's word. And there was a part of their household that was redeemed. So I'll be chanting, as I said, from uh, chapter 17, verse
verses 1 to 5. If you have a different Bible, it may start in verse 16. But the point here is, here's another zikaron, the staff that God gives us. And do you know we've already partaken in a zikaron this morning? Does anyone know what that was? Yeshua's Supper, very good. Yeshua's Supper is a zikaron, it's a memorial for us to remember what God did. And these zikarons were to establish Aaron's authority as the Kohen, as the priest and the priesthood. 